Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful start to your Thursday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the Road to Atlanta Podcast all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSB, and across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button, and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So the Braves entered Wednesday losing the first two games of the series to the Dodgers. And if, you know, you go back to Monday and you look at this series, the Braves probably had to feel, I mean, it was logical if you were looking, breaking down this series, that you would have to feel pretty confident if you were the Braves in at least two of these three pitching matchups. It was Gavin Stone versus Charlie Morton on Monday, Spencer Strider versus Bobby Miller for the Dodgers making his debut, Major League debut on Tuesday, and then Bryce Selder against Tony Gonsolin on Wednesday. And I think it's logical that if you were looking at the pitching matchups in this series, the Braves' confidence was probably in the first two games. Despite the fact that Bryce Selder had been incredible, Tony Gonsolin has arguably been the best pitcher when it comes to run prevention in the majors since the start of last year. And then you've got two young pitchers for the Dodgers on Monday and Tuesday going against Charlie Morton, coming off his best start of the year, and Spencer Strider, who's right up there with Cy Young candidates in the National League so far this season. But of course, as we know... The first two games of the series did not work out that way. The Dodgers had gotten better pitching. They had had the better offense. They had thoroughly played better than the Braves and won the first two games of this series. But a defining characteristic about what has made the Braves so good over the past five to six years, what has made them so good is their consistency in bouncing back, their resiliency, the fact that this Braves team, no matter how good their opposition is, they always seem to quickly bounce back, and that's exactly what they did on Wednesday night. As Gonsolin and Bryce Elder were going back and forth, it was a, clearly a good pitching matchup. Matt Olson made the first breakthrough of the game with a truly majestic home run to give the Braves a 1-0 lead. But then in the very next half inning, Mookie Betts of the Dodgers was able to tie the score at 1. But then Marcel Ozuna, as he's done all of May, delivered a big hit, a two-run home run, a 450-foot plus blast into left center field to make the score 3-1. to one. And the Braves seem to be cruising. The Braves seem to really be locked in to get the win against a very, very good L.A. Dodger team. But unfortunately, Nick Anderson ran into a bit of bad luck once again in the bottom or in the top of the eighth inning, and the Dodgers tied the score at three. But then Austin Riley, who we'll discuss in just a moment, delivered a leadoff double in the bottom of the ninth inning, and then eventually Ozzie Albies was able to get the game-winning sack fly. So we talk about this Braves team. What traits stand out about them that is so awesome? And it's the fact that their resiliency, their ability to bounce back, they're not going to stay down long, and they were able to salvage the series and get a big win against a quality team in the Dodgers. But, you know, not enough can be said about Bryce Elder, who certainly stands out as the star of the game. Six innings pitched, only one earned run, of course, the home run 
to Mookie Betts. But the thing that stands out is this, is that when we talk about, you know, the way that Bryce Elder is having success, a lot of it is because of how good his slider has been so far this year. But can he maintain that success? Can he continue to be productive? Well, there was no better test. There was no better way to validate if Bryce Elder could sustain his success than going against the Dodgers. The Braves had lost the first two games of the series. A playoff atmosphere going against arguably the best run-preventing pitcher in the majors in Tony Gonsolin. It was like a playoff setup for the Braves versus the Dodgers. And you also had a lineup in the Dodgers that themselves were a very hard test for the way that Bryce Elder finds success. But despite all of that, Bryce Elder came out of this with a six-inning masterpiece. Just the only mistake was the home run. And now, as of this morning, Bryce Elder leads the National League in ERA. Is undefeated. He's been an absolute revelation. I'm not saying that Bryce Elder is better than Spencer Strider. He's not. But you can make the argument that the impact that Bryce Elder has had so far this season on the starting rotation, especially with the injury concerns, you can make this you can make the argument, I feel, that Bryce Elder's impact on stabilizing the starting rotation so far this year for the Braves is similar to what Spencer Strider did once he entered the starting rotation for the last four months of the season last year. That's how special Bryce Elder has been. But it's not only Bryce Elder who's again showing really encouraging signs of sustaining success. Austin Riley, in the series against the Dodgers, four extra base hits. Why is that significant? Because in the before this series, in the month of May, Austin Riley had four extra base hits. Over the past three games against quality competition, Austin Riley had four extra base hits. He's locked in. He's performing well. We're starting to see the Austin Riley that we all know and love, and it could not have come at a better time, especially in order to get this series win against the Dodgers. But one other player really stood out, and that made a key difference in this game as he's done all of May, and his name is Marcelo Zuna. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
So the Braves dropped two of three to the Dodgers to start this week. And, you know, yes, the Dodgers definitely, you know, when you look at the series as a whole, played better. Their offense was far more consistent. Their pitching, especially their bullpen, you know, got the job done to a better extent than the Braves. But again, the Braves were able to bounce back and salvage the series and get a much-needed win on Wednesday night. But while you don't really want to take away too many, you know, absolute truths from a um, late May season, regular season series in baseball, I think one thing that stands out from this series that separates, once again, both the Braves and the Dodgers from the rest of the National League is the depth that these two teams have. And it's not just about having depth. It's not just about, you know, being able to throw a guy out there, whether it's on the pitching staff or, you know, in the field, what have you. It's quality depth. It's being able to rely on players that if you go back to the start of spring training um, three months ago, no one really expected for this certain player to play a big role for the team, but yet teams like the Dodgers and the Braves, they always seem to find these players who are ready to contribute in big moments. I mean, you look at the Dodgers, Gavin Stone and Bobby Miller, in pitching matchups that they probably were not favored in, they got the job done to get, the win to get wins for the Dodgers. Bryce Elder did the exact same thing for the Braves on Wednesday night. As a matter of fact, with Bryce Elder start having started last night and Dylan Dodd taking the mound tonight for the Braves against the Phillies, this will now be 28 games that the Braves have had started by a pitcher who is 24 years or younger. That is more than double the next team. The Braves have had twice as many games this year started by a pitcher 24 years or younger than any other team in the majors. And yet, right now, they have the best starting ERA in the National League. So when we talk about what separates the Braves and the Dodgers from other teams in the National League, it's the fact that despite both teams having clear issues so far this year, unexpected levels of injuries to their starting rotation, they still are clicking along right as many expected because unexpected sources are stepping up and standing out, especially in the starting rotation. But when we discuss the word depth that helps both the Dodgers and the Braves stand out, it's not just limited to the organizational depth when it comes to their starting rotations. It's also the depth of the lineup. And that is what's really stood out for the Braves so far in May. You know, in April, it was the absolutely absurd stretch of hitting from Sean Murphy all season long and spin Ronald Acuna Jr. At the end of April, early May, Eddie Rosario, Ozzy Albies getting going. But here recently, it's been Austin Riley and Marcelo Zuna. The idea behind having depth in a lineup for both the Dodgers and the Braves is not just the fact that it leads to absolutely wonderful results if everybody's clicking, but it's also the fact that say everybody's not clicking, which as we know as Braves fans, it's, it's rare to see everybody in the lineup clicking. But even if everybody is not clicking at the right time, you at least have two or three players who are being very productive. And that keeps your lineup either above average to elite. And that's what's helped the Braves be able to bounce back and stay resistant or stay resilient besides the fact that they've run into so many injuries in their starting rotation. But not enough can be said about Marcelo Zuna, who over the past month has been a much-needed and wonderful revelation for this lineup. Over the past 30 days, Marcelo Zuna now has 1,057 
OPS, seven home runs, 18 RBIs. He has the fourth highest OPS in the National League of any player with 50 or more at-bats over the past 30 days. And he's been the best hitter in the Braves lineup. You talk about a lineup that's got Ronald Acuna Jr. performing at the level that he is, Sean Murphy, Austin Riley, Matt Olson, a star-studded lineup for the Braves, and yet Marcelo Zuna has been the best hitter. And what also makes it even more significant is the fact that he's delivered when the Braves have likely played one of their toughest stretches of the season, an 8-9 stretch over the past 17 games against many of the better teams in baseball so far this year, and yet Marcelo Zuna has been our best and most consistent hitter. So hats off to him. He could not have gotten productive at a better time, and hopefully, while he won't maintain a you know 1,050 OPS more than likely moving forward, Hopefully, Marcelo Zuna can continue to be productive. Perhaps he figures something out that will allow for him to remain successful for much of the rest of the season. And if that's the case, being able to once again rely on Marcelo Zuna being a part of this lineup, when we go back to talking about, and I'll admit, I was right there with everyone else, saying that others should have gotten higher playing time than Marcelo Zuna. But one of the reasons why the Braves stuck with him was because when it comes to his offensive ceiling at the plate, that definitely is what made him stood out against other options for the Braves, and that's what's standing out right now. And another encouraging side for Atlanta was that, you know, Michael Harris II obviously has struggled over the past 10 or so days, but before Wednesday's game, uh, Michael Harris II got to work after having a needed day off on Tuesday. Michael Harris II got to work with, you know, a familiar name to try to get him going, and his name is Chipper Jones. And Chipper talked about it before the game on Wednesday, talking about when it comes to Michael Harris putting in work off the field, putting in work to try to get his back going. He would talked about getting Michael Harris to make adjustments that allows for him to consistently line the ball over the shortstop, and that's a way for him to get going. And what happened on Wednesday night? Michael Harris was able, the second was able to get a needed hit late in the game over the shortstop's head. So perhaps the approach that Chipper worked with Harris the second on before the game on Wednesday, perhaps early success, immediate success from that, will be a good indication that Harris the second will get going soon. We've talked about another tidbit before we get into now the Braves welcoming the Phillies Thursday through Sunday. The Braves will be taking on the Phillies to finish off this homestand. But another interesting news nugget concerning potentially next week is Michael Soroka. Now, as we've discussed earlier this week, Soroka has now put together the two best his best stretch of consecutive starts in the minors so far this season. And Brian Snicker talked about that before Wednesday's game, discussing the fact that, you know, while they've been pleased with Michael Soroka's overall production, one thing the Braves really wanted to see from him was him being able to go deeper into games, for him to consistently get to that 100-pitch mark to really be able to show that he can sustain himself multiple times through the order and can be relied upon to go five, six, seven innings. And I applaud the Braves on this approach. You know, with all the injuries that have occurred, with all the different unexpected things that have happened in the starting rotation, the Braves had every reason to potentially go to Michael Soroka sooner than many had expected or sooner than they had wanted to. But they mainstayed the course and they've really done right by Michael Soroka to ensure that when he comes up, it's on his time. It's right for him. They're not rushing him. They're making sure that he is fully prepared 
to be a regular member of the starting rotation in terms of there not being a pitches limit or there not being an innings limit. They want him to feel comfortable to go as far into the game as he can, and that's what they're looking for. So there's been, you know, the potential to where Michael Soroka could come up as early as next week to make his return start for the Braves, but there's also the chance that he could still remain in the minors for another start or two to really show that he's got the endurance to go deep in the games, and that will provide even more validity that he's ready to go for Atlanta. But some really, we're starting to continue to get encouraging news on some obvious talents that could really help make the Braves even better than they are right now. As Austin Riley gets going hitting, hopefully Michael Harris II will follow suit soon. And if Michael Soroka could be a part of the rotation, that'll be a wonderful development for Atlanta. But speaking of the rotation, once again, it's going to be the baby Braves who Atlanta is going to have to rely on against a division foe. It was announced on Wednesday night that Dylan Dodd would take the mound against Aaron Nola on Thursday night as the Braves welcome the Phillies to Atlanta. And then they'll turn right around and feature Jared Schuster on the mound, who has consistently gotten better. The Braves will have back-to-back -back games of Dylan Dodd and Jared Schuster going against the Philadelphia Phillies. The great thing for Atlanta, despite this tough stretch recently, going 8-9 and against quality opponents, they still maintain a 5.5 game lead in the NL East. And in these series, with a 5.5 game lead right now, in these series, if the Braves can at least get a split or better, it's going to make their lead even more valid as we get into the summer months. And as we've discussed, the Braves are one of the teams, when you look at the five or six best record in the major leagues, the Braves are the team that's going to continue to get talent back. They're going to continue to get deeper and better compared to other teams. Maybe the Dodgers are on that same level. But if the Braves can continue to navigate these tough waters successfully, and if they can get good pitching performances from Dodd and Schuster and others, especially against division opponents, it'll be a great development for this team. So, excellent win on Wednesday night. A spectacular performance once again from Bryce Elder. And hopefully the Braves will continue to get success from their young starters and be able to get a series opening win on Thursday night against the Phillies. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Make sure you get all the great Battery Power Podcast content wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. That's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button. Until next time, my name's Sean Coleman. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer. <laughs>